Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Aaron Weir. I'm Kevin Weir. This was wrong. I was trying to do a little bit. I was trying to make it like dramatic, like I would stop more. Uh, all right. Hi. Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm, Ke- I'm Aaron Weir. <laughs> I'm Kevin Weir. It's a teen drama fan cast. We're doing it. We're doing it all right. So we watch something that's not Riverdale, but is Riverdale. Oh boy, did we! Oh boy, did we watch things? Um, we... That was a good dramatic pause there, sir. Yes, we succeeded in the uh, finding Katie Keene, finding and being Katie able to Keene, watch it. and being able to watch it. So we we watched that. Aaron, uh, before we get into, I guess this episode, what is your spoiler-free uh, thoughts on the show that we just watched? What the stakes? <laughs> um sure i don't know what the stakes are i yes. don't know how there's going to be 13 to 22 episodes of this this show was very non-committal nothing changed no, it doesn't feel like anything like like i mean don't get me wrong we saw them go through things and there were signs of arcs and that but it didn't feel like a good pilot I also shouted at the TV a lot. No, don't do that. That doesn't make you a hero. Yeah, there's there's um. Now here's the thing. There's a bunch of storylines, and we don't know. There's a bunch of storylines about a bunch of industries, and we don't know every single one of those industries. But we know one really well. Yeah, Aaron knows one very well, and I know I know the same one. I'm not willing to say I'm an expert in it, but I know it pretty well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, boy, did we do we think about that one? Uh, <laughs> I also cannot decide if I want to go home and watch the Josie and the Pussycats movie, which is a great movie starring Rachel Lee Cook from, like, 2002. <laughs> DeJure is the greatest fake boy band ever. Oh, DeJure. Oh, DeJure means friendship. DeJure means seatbelts. Yeah, this this did really... the, <laughs> the This, more than anything, uh, this show did make me miss Josie and the Pussycats and the fact that we just get Josie. The Pussycats made her better. Melody said very little, but said so much with what she said. Yeah, and it it just seems real, like, I I know that the idea is, oh, well, they're the high school band. But still, you're like, oh, but it's Josie and the Pussycats. And remember when Josie and the Pussycats got, like, a major record deal, and then they found out that the major record label was putting subliminal messages in their music? That was a thing adults did. Yeah, and that was was the thing that happened in Riverdale. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, no, that's the thing that happened in Riverdale. That seems completely in line with what happens in Riverdale. It does seem completely in line with what happens in Riverdale, except in Josie and the Pussycats movie, it was fun and winsome. (laughs) And this was, this show's trying to be fun and winsome, and you know what, in a lot of ways it is fun um, for a very certain group of people. Who is not us. Who is not us. We are not the target demographic of this show. It's weird to say that this show has older characters, but I think probably skews in the younger audience. This is a show for 15-year-olds who are dreaming of being adults. Which is crazy to me because we also have Riverdale, which is a show that has, like, I guess not 15-year-olds. But they were 15 once. Yeah, that has, like, young kids, but definitely skews toward, like, 28-year-olds. So... All right. Let's just get into it. Because, Aaron, this is Katie Keene, Season 1, Episode 1, Pilot. Pilot. Begin with a very dramatic split reveal, like a curtain opening up. I like guess. Broadway. Like Broadway. Except for this will not be referring to the Broadway person. This, this will be, be referring to the fashion person. So 
this is Sex in the City light because every post-commercial segment starts with a voiceover. Except that she's not writing an article for a newspaper. She's just pontificating. We, we get we get a lot of voiceovers from uh, from our heroine uh, Katie Keene, and none of them really do anything. That that doesn't happen without voiceovers. But it so re- they could show us instead of tell us. They they show us and they tell us this. <laughs> this show doesn't want you to figure things out on your own. It wants to explain things to you. So much. So our first voiceover is about dreams and having ambition and also about how Katie Keene's Katie mom was awesome and liked to sew. And is definitely dead now. Super dead. So remember our last episode where we were trying to – no, last one. But whatever the episode where Katie Keene appeared when we were trying to figure out what to say her mom would be in. The cancer was rough. Or the disease. I think it's cancer. Yep. I guess it's she, never clarified. She's sick. Yeah. But she is dead now. She's dead and in the ground. But that boyfriend we heard about, he's still around. And boy, does this show <laughs> start off with a hard cut to him, to, to a hard body, I guess. He has two tattoos on his pecs, and he's a real strong boy who's wearing some boxer briefs. I guess w- we should probably, in some way, also allude to the fact that the entire purpose of this is that Katie Keene's mom... Catherine Keene, because everybody in this show does not know how to name people. Nope. Um, <laughs> K- Katie Keene's boyfriend is KO. And he's a boxer. <laughs> now, to be fair, that's good. Yeah. Like, his his that's clearly a nickname that he took. He's like, my name could be KO, and I'm a boxer. I'm KO. Sweet. <laughs> um, anyway, Katie Keene's mother, Catherine yeah, Keene. She sewed. She sewed on this old sewing machine. She made clothes in there. And now Katie Keene uses the same sewing machine. And she stayed up all night fixing the neckline on a dress, which K.O. tells us. Yes. She also, in this first scene, one thing is made very clear. She loves K.O. He is the best. He's the sweetest boyfriend. Do you know how we know she loves K.O.? Because he's the best and he's the sweetest Because she's boyfriend. wearing a shirt that says, I love K.O. That she probably made. That she probably made and is just wearing. And that's an insane thing to put on a character in the first scene. Because, once again, the show doesn't want anything to be ambiguous. Well, Kevin, he's the sweetest boyfriend. He tells her that the dress is gorgeous, just like her. And he tries to convince her to call in sick to work so they can have a fun, adorable day. But she can't because there's a new roommate coming. And now Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift has to play. I think she also goes to work for a grand total of an hour and a half. Yeah, she leaves pretty soon. Yeah. She leaves. She does a walk. Um, It doesn't end with a main titles, which is insane to me. But everyone she meets knows her. Everyone says, oh my god, hello, Miss Keene. They spritz perfume on her. Yeah, she apparently... Everyone is dazzled by her presence. Even, like, random people in the street. She clearly is set up as, like, oh, she's the queen of this except for she's not she is an assistant to a woman named gloria gloria is male sheep from the devil wears Prada. she has the same hair same demeanor but uh katie keen loves her katie keen is a real keener yeah we are introduced to katie keen in this scene and here's the thing if i was working with this <laughs> with this woman boy Essentially what happens is Gloria's like, all right, we have something important happening today. Alexandra Cabot is coming. So what are we going to do, girls? And Katie Keene steps forward and is like, I'm doing all this stuff. Get out of here, suckers. Yeah, Katie, Katie, literally, she asks, what's everyone doing? Katie Keene breaks from the line, says everything she's, she's going to do all these things. No one's going to help her. And then Gloria goes, all right, nobody help her. 
stay out of Katie Keene's way. Katie Keene's amazing. Like, like, here's the thing. That's, that shows she's ambitious and the, all those things. Yeah. It's not a great introduction to a character we don't know anything about. She's yet. not a great team player. Because if that character was not the person we saw in the first scene, if we saw one of those other nine girls in that line, we'd be like, who's this person why is this girl doing everything why is she giving our main character a chance to shine also shine instead she's just being like no no i'll do everything you're all useless can you imagine if amanda was the main character of the show oh my god but now amanda won't be the main character no because they did the thing that they have to do when you introduce a character and you know you're making them kind of unlikable you have to introduce someone more unlikable so amanda does some sass about katie being poor this will be an ongoing trend yep uh, and then uh, Miss Cabot arrives. And oh my god, she's doing intermittent fasting. She's probably dropped a dress side, so Katie needs to go rush about and get shoes. She, yeah, the thing is, so they, they are, it feels like they're trying to do the, the fast-paced, like, dialogue. Like, oh, quick things are happening, quick things are going on. But it really means I don't understand what anyone's doing in each scene. Because someone will say, like, 14 things, then someone will leave to do something, but they're only doing one of those 14 things, and it's not ever the first or the last thing they said. Well, because they talk about how she's dropped a dress size, so they need to get her clothes in her new size, Yeah, and then she asks for palazzo pants in her size, and then Katie Keene goes and gets shoes. She do- I do remember her mentioning shoes at one point. The problem is that Katie Keene and Gloria share the, like, what look before the shoes come up. Yeah. So it's weird that her thing was to run off and get... Sh- anyway, she runs to get shoes. We meet Francois. Um, he has the shoes. He's a guy who... I mean, his actual role, I think, is like the merchandiser creates the displays. Yeah. But in this episode, all he'll do is work on one window. Yes. Would, uh, yeah. Which, you know, whatever. Anyway, she gets the shoes from him. Alexandra's like, oh, well, this outfit's great, but where are my shoes? And then Katie rushes in with the shoes right that second. The fitting goes amazing. Yep. And then Katie Keene leaves work. <laughs> now, we have not clarified. What is going on is that Katie Keene works for the number one personal shopper at Lacey's. Yes. I guess she doesn't leave work because she does talk to Gloria yeah, she, now. So it goes great. She talks to Gloria. Maybe this whole sequence takes like many hours. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, she talks to Gloria and she's like, hey, I'm your number one assistant. I understand that you're hiring another personal shopper for your department. Though we never see any other personal shoppers. No. It's just Gloria. It's just Gloria. Gloria is... Here's something. Gloria's bad at her job. She's very bad at her job. She's very bad at her job. She's terrible at her job. Anyway, Katie wants that personal shopper position. And Gloria's like, well... I don't know if you can do that because I hear you make your own clothes. I hear you make clothes. And people who work here, they can't have a side hustle. You can't have anything else going on in your life. No, no. She says the job cannot be your side hustle. The job cannot be your side hustle. A job is not a side hustle. Like, you don't understand what a side hustle is. And she, you know, if you're going to be a personal shopper at Lacey's, that's the only job you can ever have. In the past, you could not have a husband or children. And now you cannot ever aspire to have any job other than being a personal shopper at Lacey's, you 23-year-old. The stuff she is saying is an insane thing to hear. And you you very much clearly understand, like, oh, she's the villain because she doesn't believe in dreams. But she's going to give Katie one chance. Tomorrow... Something about the Met Ball. <laughs> Once again, the dialogue is rough because it's it's quick, but it's full of a lot of superfluous like things. Yeah, it's like it's doing exposition, but it's stuff that you don't actually need to know yeah, about. It's it feels like every line should be them name dropping. So there's some Met Ball thing going on. There's a prince. Co- the point you need to get across. 
there's a prince coming in. He wants clothes. And they have to sell a ton of clothes to him because otherwise they won't meet their sales targets for the year. Yes. So I don't know what their sales targets are. I assume they're very high. And also, I guess it's December. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be fiscal year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it could be end of March. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Katie King gets a text message. Josie's there. She runs back home, at which point Katie King points at her and says, Josie McCoy. Then Josie turns and points at her and says, Katie Keen, because we will be introduced to every character in this way. And they've never met before, but they know each other from Veronica, because any friend of Veronica's is a friend of Katie's. Yes. Uh, So I guess Veronica's doing fine in five years' time. So up they go to the apartment where they meet Jorge. Jorge is their roommate who lives in the big bedroom because his parents own the building and the bodega. We will not see the big bedroom. Uh, (laughs) We will find out that the room that Katie was sewing in earlier is Josie's bedroom. Which is the living room because Josie sleeps on a pull-out couch. Not insane for New York. But Katie did not bother to move her sewing machine out of Josie's bedroom before Josie ar- arriving. And I guess the idea is like, oh, she's just so busy. And I'm like, mm, no, she prioritized her own work over getting a space ready for... Her roommate that she was clearly very excited about. Yes. Um... Now, I guess, to be fair, we do figure out what her, what her, the thing she was making last night was for, but she should have prioritized her time better. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I'm saying, I suppose. <laughs> she should be a more responsible 23-year-old. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jorge has to run out because he's working at the bar. And he's, and got, he's a- got an audition for Broadway. Yeah. At some point. They're making, uh, they're making a musical of Mannequin, which I think is the best joke in this entire series. I'm like, Yeah. They would make him. This is the time to make a musical out of Mannequin. And I kind of want that musical. I want Kevin. a. Mu- I. You see it as a joke. Make a musical out of Mannequin. Someone who's listening to this podcast writes musicals. Make a musical out of Mannequin and bring it to Calgary so we can see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Katie says um, that. Josie, you know, you can sit on that, but first, I want to bring you to my favorite place. And then we had to pause the episode for reasons. Well, I don't think we need to say we pause it. I think we just explain what her favorite place is verbatim. Her favorite place is under a bridge by a creepy lighthouse. On a bench that's not near any other bunch on of On a bench <laughs> far away from everything else. Now, if Katie Keene was not her, the Josie would be dead. It's true. <laughs> this is where you kill someone and dispose of their body. But instead, they're going to talk, talk about their hopes and dreams. There is a lot of very stilted dialogue in this episode, and I don't think it's the actor's fault. Whoever wrote the lines for Josie this episode, specifically this scene, yeah. has written Veronica lines before because her lines are laden with references. And not only that, it's them saying they're just they, they I I can't even say verbatim because it doesn't sound it sounds all plot it's so plot heavy. It's so much of like well, Josie had to pack her bags and chase her Whitney dreams to make them come true. Yeah, apparently, um, apparently, uh, Veronica talked up Josie to, uh, Katie. To so Katie. Katie knows that Veron or Josie is very talented. Yeah, uh, she's packed up, which confuses me because last time we saw her, she had already packed up and was traveling across the country with her dad. So I said, "Where did she pack up from?" And I said, "Well, maybe we'll learn later." Uh. <laughs> um, Katie Keen loves to make clothes. She dreams of being a designer, but she's practical. She got a practical job 
as an assistant. I don't think that's a practical job. That's an insane job to have. That's a, that's... Yeah, a pra- practical job with her being like, well, I'm an accountant. Like, 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 yeah, her job is in her... In her field. In her field. Like, in, like... in any reasonable clothing store, it should be a stepping stone to her designer dreams. Yeah. But not at Lacey's. <laughs> not at Lacey's. At Lacey's, it's a dead end. <laughs> um, also, Josie doesn't have a job, so she's going to go look for one tomorrow. Yeah. But tonight... They dance. So they head off to a place we will soon learn is called Molly's Crisis. And this is definitely the drag bar that they went to in the Riverdale episode. That we did not see. No drag happened. Yeah. Well, we never saw them go to the drag bar. No, they were in the bar. That's where they sat and talked. And we found out that Katie Keene's mom was sick. I thought they said we're going to the... Uh, whatever. Um... They went to Lacey's, and then they went to the drag bar. Okay. There we meet a character who we will slowly learn in bit, bit, bit by bit is actually a main character so this is some british girl no her name is pepper her name is pepper and she is introduced as a side character because she just appears and is like hello i've been doing all these things i did a ted talk about feminism i filmed a short film with very famous people i was i was doing a a record with childish gambino i have secret projects i can't tell you about secret project with with um with childish gambino she did a short film with like lupita nyong'o yep uh i can't remember who the other actor and she did something else as well that i didn't write down so i turned to aaron and said what is that (laughs) and we have decided that she's some sort of Socialite? So when you look at what this show is about, not socialite. Socialite is a very different thing. Um, When you look at what the show is about, it says that these people are trying to, these are four friends, four aspiring artists, calls them all artists. Okay. um, Trying to, uh, trying to get through the fashion, fashion scene, music scene, Broadway scene, and general New York social scene. So I think she's, she's a, a social, social influencer. Me- I think she's a social media thing. Here's the thing: I think she's lying because every she is terrible. Because every time anyone mentions anything, she refers to how it relates to her and what famous person she did it with. So yeah, she definitely seems like she's lying. Yeah, like if it better reveal that this Pepper person is just a compulsive liar and has and not that I want her to fail, but I cannot imagine this being the person we're following. Well, if this is Sex in the City, which I guess it is, I guess she's the Samantha where you can't really understand why she's friends with any of these people. I mean, <laughs> And she also makes everything about herself. Also, it would be nice if they had a moment. We started talking about this on the way over. Um, it'd be nice if we had a moment where, like, they explained that they don't use her contacts or something. Because she literally meets Josie, explains how in she is into the the music industry, and just Josie goes, cool. I love your purse. It feels like it should have been a thing where before, and they're also like, oh, by the way, Pepper will come in. She'll say a lot of nonsense. Here's what you need to know. None of it's true. <laughs> or we don't use Pepper's connections because she's our friend for her, not for her. Yeah, which is a weird, which is, I would go weird in a different way because. That would make it a better show. Yeah, but, yeah. Anyway, then Josie meets KO. He's the bouncer at the drag bar. Yeah. He also want no, we don't know that he wants to box yet. No. Anyway, now they dance. Yep. Um, We we meet Ginger Lopez, uh, which is uh, uh, Jorge's uh, drag persona. 
can I just say that this particular drag performance is not that great? He kind of just sings this. She just sings the same line over and over. Yeah, she just she sings like an electronic version, <laughs> version of, of Material Girl. Yeah, well, two two guys in briefs dance behind her. It's not great, honestly. I've seen a lot of drag shows. This one is yeah. It's very, luster. It's kind of it's kind of underwhelming. Anyway, then they're like, uh, then the, Josie goes, "Is it like this every night?" And then they're like, "This is a Tuesday. Welcome, New York." Uh, and then the main title splash appears. It's been twelve minutes of the show, twenty minutes of our podcast. Chaos. Uh, we cut back in, and we get a little bit of Katie and Ko. They go to Coney Island every year for their anniversary because their first date was at Coney Island. And he said that he wanted to be a boxer and then she fell in love with him. And then they all wake up and it's time to go to work. And their house is chaos. Yep. But Josie likes it. Yeah. Even though everyone runs through her bedroom continuously because it's the middle of the house. They they do a better job than other shows of showing that the place they live is not perfection. Yeah. It's organized chaos. Which I think in shows where it's like, oh, we're struggling artists. Like, organized chaos. They're, they're, they're there because Jorge's parents own the place. And there's no way they could get a place that big anywhere else. Yeah, so they're clearly getting a discount from his, from, um, his parents. Uh, and so it's great. It, she's she's literally living on a pull-out couch in there. It's it's great. It doesn't seem way too over the top. It's This is good. We give them a kudos. Yeah, there's got to be a kitchen somewhere. I don't know where it is. Now, at work, for reasons unknown, Katie Keene briefs the other assistants on what they're going to do when the prince comes. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're all apparently supposed to be the same level. <laughs> but Katie gives them the plan, and Amanda's like, how can you make the plan? You're poor. You've never even been to Europe. <laughs> and Katie's like... Okay. Why are you working here? You know this is a dead-end job, right? Like yeah, The only thing you can ever do is be a personal shopper yeah, here. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to want to do anything else. And maybe maybe her dream is to be a personal shopper. You don't know. That's true. I don't know. I don't know anything about Amanda. Yeah, except for the fact that she's mean. And she's from the Upper East Side. She's from the Upper East Side. And she's mean to Katie Keene because Katie Keene was poor. And now is... Still poor-ish? <laughs> it's Who knows? unclear. Josie goes off and starts looking for a job. She goes to a bunch of places. And she seems positive about them. She has no job yet, but it seems like it's yeah. going okay. And then, oh my god, and then we meet a, some some guitar player who may or may not be Josie from the future. And this guitar player sees Josie and instantly goes, you're a singer. <laughs> yeah, well, she doesn't even ask if she's a singer. She's just like, oh, you new to New York? Oh, I can tell that I was just like you once when I was younger and before I discovered time travel. Anyway. Let uh, me play a song that you'll be able to join. <laughs> but she just starts playing a song. I don't think she had any idea Josie would join in. <laughs> but Josie does. Josie does. And then everyone in Washington Square gathers around to hear the song. Here's the thing. We will never see this woman again. So clearly... Josie from the future, who had to set up this moment to happen. Oh, she knew. She knew that Josie had to meet someone, a man who watches this very intensely. Well, because Josie's already, old Josie's already lived this. Old Josie has met herself and played the guitar, and then she got older and realized, oh my god, that was me. I need to go back in time and do the same thing, or else I create a paradox. And this will happen for every Josie. Yeah, so one day Josie will have to do the same thing. And this is, by the way, this is how Riverdale and Katie Keene will cross over, is because time travel has now been confirmed. But right now, a very handsome man watches Josie play intently, obsessively, if you will. 
And then Josie finishes her song and walks on down the road. He lets her get a good distance before he chases after her as well. Well, he needs to get his cardio in. That's true. That's true. Uh, he's like, I know this sounds like a line. <laughs> but I work for a record label that wants new hot talent, a.k.a. you. Here's my business card. Isn't it worked very hard to make him not be a creep? Because he doesn't ask for her number. He doesn't pursue her. He just sort of goes, hey... On this, on these things. Here's my card. Please come to this place tomorrow. You can call me and make sure it's real. And well, and not only that, he mentions a place that she recognizes. He mentions um, Electric Lady, which is where Prince Stevie Wonder and others recorded. I dislike they do this a bunch in this show, where someone will reference something and someone will explain why it's a reference. And like, I think some of them are made up. I, I mean, I think this thing I don't know, but there's a lot of times where it would be like, oh, I want to go to this gym. That's where this person trained. Or I'll go to this recording studio. That's what these people were. And it, very easily, she could have also been like, oh, my God, I've always wanted to record there. I mean, also. I could, do know it. It could have just been a reference. It could have just been like, oh, we're going to the electric lady. And her excitement would have. And then the people who know, know. And the people who don't may be inspired to look it up. Yeah, the people who know would have a fun reference, would have a fun joke. Not now, joke, but. In this scene, he introduces himself to Josie, and he says he's Alexander Cabot. <laughs> and... Aaron did not pick onto it there. No. So I guess we'll talk about it when I do. But, but hey, that could have been a reference to people, and they didn't explain the reference. No. <sighs> also, the girl we met earlier was Alexandra Cabot. Yes. Didn't remember that either. Once again, things happen so fast, it's hard to grasp onto them, and you don't know. We are taking notes, and we this stuff doesn't always catch us, so. So, Jorge is at a dance call, an open call for a musical. Yes. He is auditioning to be in the chorus. Of the musical, which is great. We need people in the chorus. Has if anyone has seen the musical A Chorus Line, it is about fitting in in the chorus. Yeah. Um, so Jorge does not get it this time around. Uh, and he pitches a fit like a little baby. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> which introduces us to the casting director, who is just a fellow a casting director. He's a man. Um, who is being shouted at by a boy <laughs> on the stage. Which is not the first time he's definitely, definitely not the first time he's been shouted at by someone who believes they should have been cast. And he's just like, hey, look, I'm sorry. I'm looking for someone tougher. What, once again... They did the thing where they made the main character be unlikable, so they have to make the person against them even more unlikable. So the the character has this air of like, we just we need guys who oh, how do I say this? Present more tough. Which is a valid thing <laughs> which is for a, val- a casting director to want. <laughs> which is a valid thing for casting. You get things where it's like, oh, we need we need we know we need like we need tough men. We need um, we need feminine men. We need... Um... <laughs> I've done show, or I've auditioned for shows where I've not gotten cast because they end up casting a guy who's 6'2", and they're like, oh, you're 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. Let's cast the taller girl so it doesn't look as awkward on stage. It sucks. It's how that works. That is the industry. Yeah. They're casting a look. Especially in choruses. They're like, we need... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to have to understudy a main role if he's in the chorus, which means he needs to wear the same size as the lead so he can fit into their costumes. Yeah. Anyway, he was like, oh, you're looking for tough people for Mannequin the musical? I'm like, yeah. And the casting director yeah, was like, yeah, of course you do. Dude, you gotta go. <laughs> Stop shouting at me. Stop making assumptions about Mannequin. It's a <laughs> wild movie. I did a topic on my other podcast about Mannequin. I know a lot about Mannequin now. <laughs> 
And then finally he's like, okay, can someone stop this random off the street from shouting at me? Can someone make him leave? Which is a valid thing to want, yep. Mr. Casting Director. Uh, well, let's head back to Lacey's, where the prince arrives. Now, during the scene earlier where Katie was briefing the other girls, yep. she asked Amanda, is the prince coming alone? Or no, she said to Amanda, I need to find out if the prince is coming alone. Amanda said, oh, yeah, yeah, he's coming alone. I looked it up already. Yeah. Uh, but now the prince arrives and he's walking through a line. I don't a know. A receiving line? I don't know. <laughs> but then he turns around and, oh, my God, there's someone there. It's a girl. And the, and you have Amanda there and you have Gloria there and you have Katie there. And like, who is this? What is this? And Amanda looks up on her phone. It's like, oh, I found her on Instagram. Her name is Patricia Klein. She has less than a thousand followers. And then Gloria's like, ugh, she's a commoner. And then she's Katie. Shouldn't you have known she was coming? I can't imagine that. <laughs> like, it. Uh, no, you know, I, I don't know the industry. I'm not going to speak on that. Um, yeah, Commer- sorry. Commercial. Yeah. <laughs> comes back to a voiceover from Katie Keene about how Gloria is legendary. She is the best personal shopper ever. Except for this time, because I guess the prince didn't tell them that he was bringing a girl and they had to pull women's clothes. It's insane to me to think that, that, that they weren't like, hey, I need clothes for these people. I mean, to be fair, I think I think maybe, because we skip over a whole lot. This is clearly hours later. It might have been was like, hey, I know I didn't tell you, but could you find a dress for her? And Gloria's thing is like, no, I should have been ready for this. I should have known there would be a girl. So she pulled a bunch of dresses, and the girl hates all the dresses. Yeah. Because they cost more than she makes in an entire year. Yes, Katie Keene goes back into the dressing room to check on her. And, of course, Patricia is freaking out because she is just a... Just a commoner. Yeah, who's dating a prince. Um, and she can't handle this because there's, like, she's like, this This is not my my stuff. This and is not me. They are very elaborate. Like, we only see her in one dress, but it's very elaborate. It has a lot of lace. She has this massive necklace on. Yeah. Uh, then, like, this, this is a great scene. Because Katie comes in. They learn that they actually lived, they, um, li- they grew up, they lived close to each other. I think Patricia's older. I think so, but they grew um, up on the same street. They grew up on the same street. Uh... She likes the clothes that Katie is wearing right at that moment, which Katie... Because she's like, where did you buy that? And Katie's like, I made it. If you want to, you can try it on. Because she's just trying to make this girl comfy. Yeah, and well, and And then she says, if you trust my style... Yeah, I'll go pick other dresses that I would wear from here. Yeah. yeah, and it goes great. And Gloria hates it. Now, to be fair, they find all of these great dresses, and the prince goes, we're going to go look at jewelry. Katie's going to come, because she understands our style. (laughs) She understands Patricia's style. Which is a reasonable thing to want. Yeah, but here's the thing. Gloria does not want Lacey's to do well. She wants Gloria to do well. So Katie doing well means Gloria Gloria did did bad. Yeah, even even though she clearly could have taken the route of, yes, I taught Katie everything she knows. I wish they had established if there's, like, a... Um, not consignment, if there's, like, a commission yeah. element, because then that would make sense. The Gloria's like, Katie's stealing all this money from me, but I don't think there is commission. Well, and also, I don't think that necessarily has to be the... It, it would be, it'd be that a very... would give her, like, a more reasonable reason. No, I mean, I agree. I th- I, it, would be, it would be more reasonable if she was like, oh, she's taking money from me. But I think, considering her speech ahead of time, I think we're just supposed to be like, oh, it's Gloria. She wants glory. Her name's Gloria. That's true. Um... But I think I think it's it shows that she's not very conniving by the fact that she doesn't take credit for Katie's good work. Good, and she, yeah, she doesn't like keep Katie around to keep taking her credit. 
um, this is sort of spoilers, but we'll get to eventually. She essentially like, no, Katie, you did too good. Now you can never be around because you might continue to do good. You might good. continue to do good. Like, she's really bad at her job. <laughs> Literally, that sale would have failed without Katie. Yeah, if Katie hadn't been there, they would have walked out and probably never returned to Lacey's. And now, once again, we're supposed to dislike Gloria, but that does not make her seem like a smart villain. It makes her seem like a random evil idiot. However, Katie is also an idiot and does not realize that Gloria... Like, <laughs> Gloria overhears Patricia saying, she even let me try on her dress. She made it herself. Isn't that cool? And she knows that Gloria hates um, doing any... When you leave work, you go home and you sit in the dark for 16 hours and you come back. And you think about work the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but... Katie's very excited about this. So um, go Katie home. had a great day, and she thinks that promotion is definitely hers. Yep, they're all very excited. Pepper is there. <laughs> <laughs> she talks about how she apparently met the prince. This is what makes me think she has to be lying, because every time someone brings up someone, she knows them. Oh, apparently she spent a summer on his yacht. Yeah, so either she is lying, or she should not be knowing these people. But... We move on and we talk about Josie's day. And Josie reveals that she met some dude named Alexander Cabot. And was like, oh my god, he, they're like, the entire family is like the Rockefellers. They're so wealthy. And Katie's like, yeah, he's a really big deal. You can't go by yourself. You don't know anything about New York. <laughs> Katie, can I just point out, in the scene that will come up, Katie does nothing in that scene. It really, I, this, it really goes bad on Katie. Katie's like, I want to be there too. I want to also be there. And Josie's like, I think I'll be fine. Like, I can't bring a friend to a recording thing. No, I'll be your manager. I'll just, I'll be your manager. I know nothing about the music industry. Look, you don't want me to come, so I'll make you an outfit. Then I have to come. Yeah, like, Alexander didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't, he knows she doesn't have a manager. She's a random girl on the street. I feel like you'd be more weirded out if she suddenly popped up with a manager. And he's like, oh. And realized he had a manager. Okay. Well, in the next scene... He is weirded out by it because Katie Keene is very, very impressed by how good Josie is at singing. And Alex is like, well, you're her manager, shouldn't you? <laughs> Haven't you heard her sing before? I do appreciate that Alexander, when she came, was like, I'm the manager. He's like, okay. <laughs> you're definitely not, but all right. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I mean, she's, of course she would bring a friend. I could be a murderous stranger. This is wise. Yeah. I mean, but there, there is also, like, you know, there's a lot of people there. They're, they're at, they're, they are at a very, very fancy recording. Very fancy. Yep, Josie sings. Uh, Cabot wants to just sign her. So he wants to introduce her to the Cabot board. Yep. And they will love her. He is sure. He's sure they'll he love her. He believes in her so much. He's going to sign her. He's going to produce a full album. This is going to be great. Then it gets kind of bad on Josie's part. So he says, is anyone hungry? And Katie's like, whoop, time for Katie to get out of here. <laughs> Okay, also it's bad on Katie's part. Katie's like, ah, I was here to help you. I will now leave you alone with him. Oh, he's cute. (laughs) Hmm. Katie's out. Yeah, it seems like this should, like... You should not be mixing, like... This... You should not mix business and pleasure this early. Yeah, like, hang on. If things get later... And then, then you 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 find a relationship. You find that go, let things happen when they happen. I guess, uh, but this is literally like you met him yesterday. Yeah, they yeah. go for dinner. Yep. Josie recaps everything that happened on Riverdale and adds no extra information <laughs> about what she's been doing for the past five years. We were wondering what where was Josie? What was she doing for those last five years? The answer is she was doing nothing. 
stuff. She was doing stuff. She explains how she used to be in a high school band with the Pussycats. And she they is broke not up. Ta- and she's not talked to them, presumably. Uh, then she's she saying in the secret speakeasy. <laughs> it's a secret, though. Don't tell anyone. Uh, she doesn't explain. She, we don't know anything that's going with that. Then she said she left with her dad. He's a jazz musician. And then, I don't know, man, stuff happened. Yeah, life. <laughs> no, no, no. Then I packed up and moved here. Packed up from where? I'll never tell. <laughs> you don't need to know those details. You only know, need to know the details that were very clearly on a different TV show. Isn't Doesn't Sex City have a lot of, like, not a lot of, like, where they come from things, but, like... Yeah, they have, like, flashback. There's one that takes place in the 80s when they both arrive. Yeah. They all arrive in New York. The idea is, like, there's backstory involved. How can you give Josie backstory? <laughs> How can you... Yeah. <laughs> Because they want to, might want to bring her back on Riverdale for, oh. like, a one-episode thing. Oh, man. They are, they are not good enough at timelines to have those not mess up. Unless if, once again, time travel is real, which we know it is. Because, you know. We saw it. Speaking of time traveling, Josie kisses Alex, and we screamed. We screamed at the TV. No, no, that's a bad choice. It's a real bad look that a random man found you off the street, wants to make you a hero, so you kiss him. Yeah, it's it's not good on everybody's everybody's part. I mean, kiss who you want, but don't just wait. Just wait a week. Just Give it a week. Don't poop in the place where your food is. <laughs> Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did we learn this week? Well, here's the thing. We, when we watch Kiki, we watched it in a way that we still had commercials. So we watched some commercials. Yeah, which and, we very rarely do. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned this show before, but we saw a trailer for Nancy Drew. And it looked amazing. It looks really good. I was watching it, and I was like, and I was like, and I was thinking, like, what? This show looks cool. It's like supernatural elements to it. This is a creepy ghost thing on the other side of a waterfall mirror. And then, cut to the end. Someone says the word Nancy Drew. I'm like, that's what they're doing with Nancy Drew. That looks because we thought that it was just like a sexy teen. Like, oh, don't solve people's problems, Nancy Drew. No, they're doing like full <laughs> supernatural weird. I mean, maybe the oh, stuff will feel not. We haven't seen the show. We just watched the trailer, but it looks. Good. It doesn't take itself too seriously, it looks like. It yeah. seems like fun teen adventure. She's, she's got a crew. I guess the thing with Nancy Drew is it's based on a comic book, but I don't think it's made by the Riverdale team. No, it's so not. It could be something completely different. Yeah, I don't well the thing is that like I, I think we can we conflate them because they're comic or Nancy Drew's not even a comic. Nancy Drew's a book series. No, it's a book series. I think we conflate them because Riverdale has been referencing the Hardy Boys so hard. Oh, that's true. And Tracy True. That we just... And also, they're similar, like, origins and minded things Yeah, they kind of came out at the same time. Yeah, so... Like, I... I, I think we talked about them in the same breath as if they're the same thing, but I never really considered that. But it, it looks well done. I mm-hmm. might want to go and see if I can watch it. Be a little curious. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we learned this week. Well, watching Katie Game, we learned another show that might not be better. Like a TV show we might be interested in. Yeah. So we learned something in this scene. And what we learn is that Katie Keene and K.O. have a terrible relationship. Doesn't it seem like that truly these, this five-year time skip, even for characters who were not in Riverdale, nothing has happened? 
Like no, no nobody has done anything in those five years. Everyone's dreams have just been on hold. I mean, I get once again. I guess it's a pilot, so yeah, we'll learn more about those five years. But it does seem like and, when Kay- and the re- sorry and the rest of the years these people have existed. Yeah, I was just gonna say it seems like when Ko's not on screen, he ceases to exist. <laughs> yeah. So they essentially Kay and Ko are going to talk about the future. Um, and Ko brings up and he says, "Hey." Remember how I told you how I've always wanted to train at at the Fra- Joe Fraser's gym in Philly? Because anybody here only wants to do things that other people have done in the way other people have done them. And she says, well, I know you want to be a boxer. <laughs> yeah. So she also doesn't know a lot about his dreams. But he's like, hey, well, I was on a wait list. And she didn't know he was on a wait list. <laughs> but he got off the wait list and he can now go train at this gym. Yeah. So he wants... His girlfriend, who either wants to be a fashion designer or wants to be a personal shopper at Lacey's, unclear. Yeah. He wants her to move to Philly with him. Now, he does seem to think she can do her design stuff in Philly. And he also <laughs> thinks that her job will be the same at any department store. Which just clarifies the fact that these two do not talk to each other. Because he knows nothing about what she does. And she knows nothing about what he wants. <laughs> and I guess this is a conflict... Because he's and he's like, well, I was only thinking we'd move like if you don't get the personal shopper job. Which, All right. <laughs> which I'm like, what? Because <laughs> that's how that. Sure. Yeah. And then when Katie gets there, she has a text from him saying, "Are you a personal shopper yet?" Yeah. Fire. But first, oh, is that there up, was like, commercials? Oh yeah. And we had a Katie King voiceover about how Josie wants New York to say, "Hey, Josie." Welcome to New York. We've been waiting for you. I, that, man, that really, really just flew out of my head. And she also slept with Alex Cabot. Right, it's the scene where she wakes up and says, look at the view, and it's CG. <laughs> and then they sleep together again. And they sleep together again. Yeah, I, that's, that's, that scene just went out of my head. And yeah. everything, everything that Katie says in her voiceover doesn't matter. And it's, like, Jughead's voiceovers kind of add weird ambiance. Katie's voiceover is just to explain what we are about to see. <laughs> what we're about to see. <laughs> um, because Katie Keene looks at this text message, this fire text message, she is late to an important meeting. Yes. With the manager, like the Lacey, wo- Miss Lacey, Miss Lacey, Miss Lacey is speaking to her department, saying how proud she is of them. And Katie runs in late, which no one acknowledges, and that really bothered me. It isn't it insane how this show doesn't think about what the characters actually do. Like, it doesn't. None of their actions have ramifications on the things that they do. She, like, they will, like, it's fine if she was coming late, but like that shows something about the character. Like it. And it, it is at odds with the other things we know about her, yeah. that she's very serious about her job. Yeah, they just, like, they did it because that's how those scenes work. They did it because the the makers of this were like, well, that's how a scene works. Someone runs in, be like, oh, sorry, I'm late, because that's how you get the scene moving. I'm like... We want her to enter in media res. <laughs> we don't want to show the meeting starting. We want the meeting to be started. But they don't think, they don't think of what that reflects on the people. Oh, God. Anyway, Gloria is like, oh, thank you, Mrs. Lacey. Our team is so great. In fact... I have been mentoring all these girls. Especially Katie Keene, who did such a good job with the prince. <laughs> oh, no, I don't say that? No, she just says, they all did such a good job. Um, I mentored all of them. Anyway, the new personal shopper will be... And then Katie Keene steps forward. Says, Which is so dumb. So dumb. Um, and then just, Amanda. <laughs> Clearly the other person. Because... This is the pilot. Because this is the pilot. 
Gloria is terrible, not as a person, at her job. <laughs> she does not, you know, promote the most not qualified even, person. Not even does she not promote the most qualified person. She will send her to the storeroom, which means the person who is really good at this job, she's not even going to utilize her. And then she's not going to use her in an evil way. Like, but, but Katie, you're so good. You're so valuable as an assistant. I, I can't move you up to being a personal shopper. You're so good I can't at this job. I can't afford to lose you. Yeah, like, that's what you say if you want her to be evil and conniving, not just evil and dumb. But she explains to Katie that she cannot give her a promotion because she let Patricia try on her dress, which breaks Lacey's store rules that there can never be external clothes in the store? Um, I guess you can't give your clothes to someone It's <laughs> a Lacey's store rule. <laughs> and also... I look at that, there's no way that rule does, that, there's no way that rule exists for the one simple reason, why would that rule exist? Well, now it does. <laughs> now it does. They made the rule afterwards. You, you, you as, like, it seems like a policy thing. It was like, someone cannot force you to give them your clothes. Because <laughs> yes. that was, because I feel like I worked at a place where, the, where the, like, if someone's trying something on, you don't have to give them your clothes. <laughs> but also making that a rule is also insane. It's insane, but it exists in places because if you have really high level people, people who are just like, oh, what are you wearing? I want to see what you're wearing. Like, don't do that. But that's a policy. That's, that's like a, in training, hey, don't do that. You don't have to do that. Versus this, which is like, hey, don't offer to do that. <laughs> she didn't even give it. She just let her try it on. Yeah. Like. <laughs> which I, means I guess she stood there naked, just like, yep, do you like it? Cool. You trust my style? All right. <sighs> and then Katie gets moved to the stock room because Gloria does not know how to be an evil overlord and utilize the skills of the underlings. It's very clearly. It's insane to me that Katie did not have an un... It wasn't an unpaid internship because there are so many assistants here. And most of them are useless. They do nothing. Yeah, which means that, that has to reflect bad on Gloria. Remember, they're like, oh, we got to meet our sales gold. It's because your personal shopper has nine assistants yeah. who don't do anything. Fire six of them. <laughs> you don't need nine. Apparently, only two of them do stuff. And if that's the case, Gloria is a terrible... She doesn't do anything. Her job is Her job is nine people. Yeah. What does Gloria do? Doesn't Katie even pick out some of the clothes that they show people? Like, it's not Gloria picking the clothes yeah, that Katie Yeah, Gloria doesn't them. seem to do anything. <laughs> they never show us Gloria's job other than fretting that they can't get the clothes that she makes other people pick out. <laughs> Gloria is, should, should be fired. <laughs> so while this is going on, Alexander Cabot plays Josie's song for the board. And you can tell that he is like... Oh, he's, he's so, so into it. Oh, my God. He loves it so much. Do you know who doesn't love it? Literally everyone else. Unfortunately, the board is full of old dudes and his sister. And this is when things finally became clear for me. See, it's Alexander Cabot and Alexandra Cabot. And I said... <gasps> Those are the people who are the managers of Josie and the Pussycats in Josie and the Pussycats movie, Alexandra, which means they're from the comics. Alexandra Cabot even has the white stripe in her hair. Which we saw the white stripe before, but it meant nothing to me. It's just, oh, that's how her hair goes. No, she has it. These are those people. Now, also, carrying on the line of people being terrible and naming people, don't name your kids Alexander and Alexandra. They're twins. They're twins. However, Alexandria has power in her family. And Alexander, Alexander does not. He sucks. They're so, twins. Yeah. So, so 
I didn't realize this business, like, this is the board of the Cabot family. I guess so, yeah. So they don't have a recording division anymore. No, yeah, we learn here, and it's revealed to us and it's revealed to Josie, that actually what Alexander wants to do is relaunch the record division of Cabot. And these olds are not interested in him doing that. They don't understand his vision. And Alexandria, clearly she is the ringleader of those people as well. She says, oh, he wants to relaunch the thing, but if we do that, it has to be with someone who's undeniable and i'm like what does the what does that <laughs> what does mean that mean he's like we want to relaunch we want to relaunch something like beyonce i'm like well beyonce already has a record label yeah she owns it it's it sounds like what what i mean i think we have to go off the idea that alexandria just for some reason doesn't like music yes because no one's saying that like like if she clearly is good <laughs> well and there's this like insane bit where she's like um Alexander, don't fight for your artist. We listen to your song. Now you listen to us. And then no one gives him any advice. They just say, I don't want a record. Yeah, one, one, this is what makes me feel like the idea is that she just, they don't, don't want a record company. And it would be, almost be nice if what they came back with is we don't have the money for this. Like, we, like, oh man, we, we, gotta, we have to look really closely at our finances. We can't just do this. Like, this would be a huge drain versus like, no, she's not. Good enough. Well, and that's the thing. They say to Josie, they're like, look, you suck. He always thinks he's meeting good artists, and they suck. <laughs> so, and then then she runs out. Um, Alexander's like, no, wait. <laughs> you don't suck. You don't suck. Though, and Josie, you know, here's the thing. You can be mad that Alexander is kind of like. <laughs> he did lie about having a record company. It's true. And he does, it is really, he does go around and I guess meet women and be like, no, I, I kind of feel like this happens every time where you meet someone and he's like, maybe he just falls in love real quick. Um, <laughs> also, didn't feel like he really was pursuing uh, Josie that hard because he invited her and Katie out and then Katie bowed out. And then Josie was like, yes. Yes, I will have sex with you. But um, Josie thinks this was an elaborate plot to humiliate her. And she does not want to fight for her dream. She wants someone to hand her her dream. It's like they do phrase a lot of like, no, despite all these people trying to bring her down, she'll do any. She says, I will do anything it takes. You literally have a very rich man here with a, with a connections in the industry being like, I want to help you. And you're like, no. And he even says to her, he's like, we can figure out a way to make this happen together. Yeah. Then, or like something along those lines. Yeah, and like, yeah, you're conflating emotion and those things. And there's a lot that could be going on here. But the but the point is, is that she makes it seem a lot later like she was absolutely tricked and fooled, and like like she's been battered down. It's like, no, you got a you got a bigger chance than a lot of other. You met the old lady playing a guitar in a park. Yeah, and he went to you, not her, because you started singing second. And and you're pretty. And but now she has a recorded song, like she has a recorded signal Perf- single that profe- she can take places. <laughs> a professionally recorded signal si- single in the Electric Lady Recording Studio, which is apparently a very big recording studio. Like she got a huge in, but is like refusing to use it. However, she does not have that single for she stormed off into the night. That's so true. he still has it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I see what they were going for. They should have done a few more tweaks to this storyline. I, I, the only way I think of doing it is that she should not have absolutely cut things off with Alex. Or it should have, and instead I'm, of Alexandra being like, you suck because you suck. Yeah. Alexandra needed to present it more like, oh, did you fall for it? 
Like, yeah, we don't have a recording division. The the problem, and she needed to establish that this was a scheme for him to get her to sleep with him more. But the thing, the problem is that it never really felt like that. Like they definitely did sleep together, which is. But he, but even after they did, he kept really fighting for her. That's the problem. Like yeah. it had to be more of like, no, this is a trick, and then he needed to not chase after her. Yeah, but the problem is, I think he is going to be a character who keeps coming back. I mean, they're Alexander and Alexandra Cabot. Absolutely, they are main characters. Yep. So, I but I don't get Alexandra's motivation. So that night, Katie's like, oh, I've lost my dream. My dream was to be a personal shopper at Lacey's. <laughs> no, it's not. And Josie's like, it absolutely is not. I love that Josie goes, that's not your dream. Shut up. <laughs> She's like, your dream is to make clothes and have them sold at Lacey's, dum-dum. <laughs> she goes, oh, right. Which, I mean, that happens. Oh, that is that is a very real moment where you're like, oh, I forgot what my dream was. I got caught up in the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, so Kaya wants me to move to Philadelphia. And Josie's like, that is dumb. Yeah, and then, oh, God, Pepper gets in there. She also thinks it's dumb. She thinks it's post-postmodernist feminism. Yeah, I mean, the other option is either Kaya stays here or you guys break up. When neither of which are terrible if you decide to do it. Or they but, can I do mean, long distance. Or they can try long distance. It's not forever. Yeah, he's just training in Philly. His goal is to <laughs> fight in Madison Square Gardens. His goal is still in New York. Yeah, he's going to come back eventually. Yeah. But she, she does say they'll try long distance at yeah. one point. Now, now, yeah, like they're they're actually really reasonable about this. Anyway, then we hear from Jorge. <laughs> so speaking of people giving up, he has given up on Broadway because the one musical he auditioned for wanted tougher guys. And oh God, he's tired of Broadway's not wanting people him. like him. You know, Bro- Broadway. Broadway, historically terrible for the gays. Hates the gays. Never has had a drag queen on stage ever. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely this doesn't play five years in the future. And Kinky Boots was such a very big show on Broadway. Or the Cage uh, Follies or Hairspray. Yeah, it's not like there is a long and storied history of Broadway and drag queens and gay people and he also says i'm tired of changing myself for other people like that's like, what acting is acting is literally changing yourself just like being like i'm tired of being an actor and having to act i'm like what 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 and his friends are like no you need to be proud of yourself you should go back to the open calls absolutely no. not do not do that he clearly just wants to do drag shows, which is fine. But he's like, but him just being like, I don't want to be an actor. Like, he explicitly says, I'm I d- tired of acting. I'm tired of being an actor. I just want to be an actor. I am tired of being an actor. I just want to be me. I don't want to be someone else. Just let me be an actor so I can stop being an actor. I want to. I think all these actors want me to act when I just want to be myself and not be an actor. And then Katie Keene goes, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hang on. He says, he says, I don't think I'm going to be going to the next open audition. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't. You go to one. You already auditioned and they did not want you. But then Katie Keene says, well, maybe. You should show them a side of yourself that they've never seen. And I'm like, oh, God, don't go to the audition in drag. Don't, don't go do the, it. Don't go. Don't That's go not what this drag. is. A, you're auditioning for the chorus of a Broadway musical. You're not auditioning for the drag queen lead. So he goes to drag and we hear Katie explain a little bit about his past, uh, which is that he is dream uh, is to originate a role in Broadway, which, which is a good dream, but not what the chorus does. Now, to be fair. He'll, he'll work through the chorus. He'll work up there. That's that's fine. But he is not willing to pay his dues. He is not. He is not willing. 
he's not willing to work for it. So somehow, somehow, Katie Keene and Josie McCoy snuck into the auditions. Snuck into Broadway auditions. Yep, these two people really got their ins. Um, and then, uh, then Ginger Lopez performs. Ginger Lopez does not do the dance as choreographed. Yeah, she just does her own dance. She actually ends in a different position than everyone else does. Which means she is explicitly <laughs> a bad chorus member. And the now the casting director does call her forward. And now, to be for the casting director, if you just saw someone do a terrible audition, then come back in drag, you'd just be like, you're just trying to trick me. Which is essentially what he says. I know we're supposed to think he's a bad guy. Yeah, like like the because of the context, it does kind of sound like he's being like, "Oh, you're a you, you know this is." I need dancers, not just dumb drag queens. Yeah, but clearly he's just like you're. Tr- <laughs> you think I wouldn't recognize you? What is wrong with you? Why are you tricking me? And then and then and then, God, she gives a speech. She gives the hero speech, the speech about how those drag queens down on the street have more talent in their pinkies than a single person in this Broadway theater, which screaming at a man is a great way to get yourself cast. Well, well, and also, there's no way that this guy has not heard that every single month. There's no... (laughs) Someone steps forward and goes, I'm more talented than all of you people on Broadway. One day, you're going to see my name in lights because Ginger Lopez is talented. You'll you'll never... Like, yeah, all those people in the back are just like, okay, cool. Like... Well, and also, she makes some real weird plays at, at being like, and also all of this, you know, Broadway, such a, don't get me wrong, there is obviously, obviously inside club to Broadway, but acting like Broadway is incredibly, like, heteronormative and... It just wants those white boys, those strong, buff white boys. Wait, that's baseball. Yeah, baseball one. No, I was, sorry, sorry, everyone. I was thinking of baseball. <laughs> No, wait, baseball doesn't want strong white buff boys, though. Baseball wants those Cuban players. Yeah, the Cuban players are the best ones. Um, I think. I don't know anything about sports. I don't know anything about sports either. Uh, <laughs> but many of the Ginger Lopez, um, as she goes on, just being like, all you want is to be able to hit balls with sticks, <laughs> run around the field. All those queens down on this, down down there, they can run a lot better than... I. Hold on. <laughs> I'm talking about baseball. Wait, let me, let me try this again. All you want is people to throw the ball down the field and put on their pads and hit other people with the... No, wait. Still talking oh, about a sport. Hmm, okay. What you want people to do is to put all the ingredients together in a bowl and mix them up and put them into... I'm thinking of baking. What is Broadway? What do you guys want? What do you guys, what do you guys want me to do? Wait, you want me to pretend to be someone else? Oh, I, for, I did not know what Broadway was. <laughs> oh, I have to act? I don't oh, like that. Oh, no. So she does her speech, and her friends jump up and clap. Yeah. And I am surprised this scene is not ending with security <laughs> dragging them out with their hands or, zip-tied together. Yeah, or or the kids are just looking back going, who are those two? <laughs> who are those people? Why are you making a mock? You are wasting everyone's time. Get out of here. <laughs> We're making Mannequin, the show that everyone wants. I have things to do. <laughs> I'm an important person. And I have things to do. (laughs) I have dancers to see. Come on. Actors to act and you, sir, are no actor. You are either a baseball actor. You you're either a baseball player, a football player, or a baker. But you have explicitly told me you do not want to act. Good day. 
Um, we do. Katie gets, immediately goes from this to work. Because, you know, now that she works in the stock room, she definitely doesn't ever have to work. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Amanda comes in for a little bit to gloat at her. And tells Katie to steam and press a bunch of stuff, which I don't think is the job of the stock room. I mean, maybe a bit at high-end department stores. Maybe, but why can't one of those eight assistants do it? Because Gloria is terrible at and should get fired. Miss Lacey needs to look at Gloria's, like, accounting and be like, what? You're spending way too much money. Your department is not worth this. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, there's a lot of bloat there is what I'm saying, I guess. <laughs> Katie says to Amanda, why you gloat? And Amanda says, because I deserve this job because I'm rich and you don't because you're a gutter person. <laughs> <laughs> he calls her a gutter girl. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, terribly to call a person. That's a great word, though. It's so funny. Gutter girl should be gutter girl should be a musical. <laughs> it should be like the it should be like the the counter to Newsies. I would watch Gutter Girl the musical so much. Gutter girl is a great insult, but a good like I want to be an insult because I want people to reclaim it. <laughs> yes, take it back. I need I need people to reclaim gut. I know no one's ever called another human being a gutter girl, but I need it reclaimed. I want I want women <laughs> to take it back <laughs> to embrace it. Yeah, I am a gutter girl. <laughs> it's like when we took back bitch, but now yeah. gutter girl. <laughs> now you take back gutter girl, <laughs> which is insane because everyone would be like, "Was that an insult?" Like, yeah, and we're taking it back. <laughs> like, when was it an insult? No, no. Well, Katie needs uh Katie needs to blow off some steam, so she needs to party. I think Jorge was the one who was already drunk. I think so. Yeah. Katie is quitting her job tomorrow, but first they're going to break <laughs> into Lacey's and steal clothing. It becomes very unclear what they're doing throughout it, where I'm like, okay, they're going to party in Lacey's. Okay, they're using stuff. Okay, one of them just stole a diamond necklace. Okay, now they're walking out of the store? Yeah, like, I don't... Like, it, it's unclear. Maybe they weren't trying to rob the place. But boy, does it definitely... Like, if someone walked in on that without knowing, they'd be like, oh, you're robbers. <laughs> and why does this stock girl have keys to the store in the alarm code? Uh, it was, it, well, it turns out the alarm was not set and the store was not locked because Francois is still there. Yes, Francois. Um, his other window was rejected, so he's got to make a new one tonight. Because they're going to reveal the window to the public tomorrow. Yeah, and here's the weird thing. I've actually seen things like this before. Those, yeah. Those big, huge department stores, their window displays are, like, a big deal. It is weird that no one's going to vet the new display. It's weird that this is this also is it might be a reference to mannequin because Francois has the same job the guy in mannequin does. Ooh. <laughs> so, oh, I swear to God, if you didn't do that on purpose. So, Katie Keene's friends run away when Francois is there. And I assume it's with all their with all their lucre. Uh, but Katie cannot run fast enough. And also, he recognizes they're all wearing glittery things, so one person has to fall behind. So she. Asks him why he's there. He explains his situation. She goes, I'll help you. I like clothes. And then I, then they go there and they sort of like talk a little bit about, apparently Francois has been working there since Katie was a little girl. A little girl and she's loved her displays. Her mom would go to see them and her, you know, they couldn't afford anything in the store, but they still looked at beautiful things. And I have an idea for your display. I just need to go get my mom's sewing machine, <laughs> which really, really seemed to imply that she was going to just sew new clothes, which really scared me because he's supposed <laughs> to be displaying those three evening gowns. And I and I was saying mm, she's going to get Francois fired. 
Kishi says, oh, you have to trust me. And then we cut to the morning, and they're all staying outside the window. And all I can assume is not even Francois has seen it. Yeah, I think Katie just did it. I think Katie did it, and no one has checked it. Not even Miss... Nobody. Nobody has seen that thing, which is an insane thing to do before. Especially considering (laughs) Miss Lacey rejected the previous design. (laughs) No one decided to check it. Like, do another one. I'm sure it'll be fine. The first one sucked, but the new one, how could it not be good? To be fair, he apparently has been doing this for, like... 18 years so so maybe she's maybe the maybe it's not as intense as we think it is or they make it out to be she's like i don't like this one do a new one i'm sure it'll be fine i've been working with you for two decades here's some vague guidelines about what i'd like to see so um it opened it up and what they did is that they set up the like the tableau tableau so it's the three dresses, and there's a little girl and her mom yeah looking at the dresses and dreaming yeah um aaron Yes. Is Katie Keene ever going to get her uh, sewing machine back? Well, she is, because she gets a job in Francois' department. Yeah, but but that tableau apparently stays up for like a year. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the Met Ball tableau. There will be a new one soon. All right. They just seem to say, like, like imply that it's been a long time. Like, it's weird. I know. All right. Well, uh, Katie, as Aaron said, Katie does get a job as now working with Francois. But he will only allow her to work there for six to eight months six because nine months. Uh, she needs to pursue her dreams. Yeah. He will not tie her down. No, he does the opposite. Though I would like to be like, uh, hey, maybe you, we just play it by ear. Francois, why don't you give me the job indefinitely and I'll also pursue my dreams? <laughs> like, is that, like, I understand you're supposed to be the opposite of Gloria. But like, I need job stability. Pull it back a little bit. I'll presume my dreams. But uh, he seems very nice. I'm sure he's giving her a job for good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gloria is enraged no, by no, this. Now, I think now would be a good time to broach a subject that we've been trying, that we that we talked about a little bit there. Do you want to broach it now? The whole, because uh, we, we hear about Katie's past now, so we now know about so Katie's past. we know for sure Katie's mom is dead. Yes. But we also find out that Katie and her mom in this story were very, very poor. Yeah. Which led me to pause the TV and look at Kevin and say, Kevin, how did Katie Keene meet Veronica Lodge? I don't know. And I don't know why Veronica Lodge doesn't help Katie Keene more if they're such good friends. Because it really seems like Katie Keene's like, main thing is that she doesn't have anything to do with their dresses. But Veronica Lodge is supposed to be a big socialite. Could Veronica Lodge wear Katie's dresses? She does wear Katie's dresses. That's right. And I mean, I guess when Katie was a teenager, she made those superhero suits for Archie and uh, Monroe. It's it's weird to me because in the scene we saw with, with Veronica arriving in New York, Katie Keene seemed like high society. Very rich, like and, Veronica. Yeah, and it's funny that now essentially her thing is that she is lower middle class playing higher which is fine that's people that's what you do in these things but but there are some things we know about veronica that are proven canon in riverdale yeah veronica lodge very very wealthy from Uh, birth she has been she's born with a silver spoon in her mouth yep i mean hiram came up and hermione came up from nothing yeah they were already wealthy when veronica was born yeah veronica went to private schools which we know as a fact because of Nick Sinclair. Yeah. So so, so how did how did these two meet? Meet how how at what point and they seem like they're supposed to be like long standing like fast friends fast from friends childhood. Fast friends from childhood that they that they it seemed like they partied together. Cuz remember remember when when she mentions that KO 
last her out, Veronica was like, oh, I'm not surprised. You and KO. At her Kitsunera. Yeah. And Katie Keene is not not Latina. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. So maybe they were in the same, like, mummy and me group as babies. Which May- is cute. And I wish if that was the case, just say it. Yeah. But, like, at this point, it's, like, maybe they'll address it. But at this point, it is such an insane thing to not know about right now that... Because they're so disparate. Because they're so incredibly disparate. And that could be a cool story, and they could broach it at some point. But it just it really is stuck in my stuck in my head right now that I don't understand their thing. Well, and they showed them as friends, so why not in that episode? It, it explained how they knew. Because that, that episode set, set up with the wrong idea of Katie Keene. Mm-hmm. That episode says that Katie Keene is another Veronica. She's another rich, like, you know, rich girl who's... Yep. Can we also say that, like, so I guess Veronica went to Lacey's and they did all their weird dress-up stuff and she was an assistant to the personal shopper while there. Nope. She was in high school. Oh, you're right. That was five years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) Was she working there, though? No. No. She just just loves it there. They are just at Lacey's. Well, and then because of what Riverdale did... When uh, Katie was doing her voiceover at the beginning of the episode, yeah. I thought her mom was a famous designer. Yeah, it really did. And then here, now I know, oh no, her she and her mom were just very poor. Yeah, so one of the problems that is just, it, that, it just, it's not well thought through. Like, you, you, you do these tie-ins, I don't understand where they happened from, and... That that was a bad. We're getting introduced to Katie Keene terribly. It may be fine. The show may be great, but we're introduced to it repeatedly badly. We're introduced to her character badly, through Riverdale badly, through her background badly. And by badly, we mean like unclear yeah. and pointing us in the wrong direction. And yeah, we're, we're getting tricked a whole lot. Anyway, there's one more little short scene. Josie pontificates about how she will always <laughs> pursue her dreams. She will do anything for her dreams. Except for... Hang out with Alex. (laughs) Except for do one thing that could help her very easily. Not easily, but achieve her dreams. Then she sings, and then there's a Katie Keene voiceover, and then K.O.'s like, hey, let's get pizza. He's like, hey, uh, so uh, figure out about your whole... Job thing? And she's like, I want to be a fashion designer, and I have to do that in New York. Also, I got a new job today, didn't you know? And, he, and he's like, so maybe we could do the long distance thing. He's like, no, I had a feeling that was going to happen. I will just stay here. I will give up my dreams for you. Like, I mean, now your dream is to train at a very specific boxing place. But, I mean, I guess the idea is also there you would have the contact. I don't know how boxing works. His dream is to be a boxer, so I guess he'll figure it out some other way. But first, because they're a terrible couple that never discusses <laughs> anything... He surprises her with a proposal. <laughs> He's like, remember how we were all, we were really close to breaking up? Will you marry me? <laughs> and then she does a voiceover that's to be continued. Of course it's to be continued. It's rah, the rah, pilot rah, rah. of a TV it's show. pilot of a TV okay. show. <sighs> I don't think anyone should be ever be taken completely by surprise by a proposal. Like, you know, you don't know yeah. when or where it could be coming, but like, you should have discussed marriage and what your timelines well, for that are. And also the big thing that I'm getting here is that <laughs> it does not feel like they're like those like they've been dating for five years. It does not feel like they've been dating for five years. No, it feels like they've been dating for um, six months. Because they're still learning so much about each other. <sighs> and that was Katie Keene. 
So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So, this episode. Did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic set off to New York City to pursue its Whitney Houston dreams, only to be waylaid by drama? And I won't say all of it, <laughs> but all of it? Yeah. I cannot think of a single scene. <laughs> that feels important. <laughs> that feels important or logical. Nothing <laughs> progresses the way that it I should. expect things to progress. It's it's pretty wild. It's wild to me that Ko isn't part of the aspiring dreamers. Yeah, he's he a dr- has a dream. He has a dream to be a. Bu- <laughs> That's why I thought like, oh, the four are Ko, um, Katie, Josie, and Jorge. He can't hang out with them. He's a boy. <laughs> but then there's, but then there's Pepper who has no storyline this episode, and I don't know what her thing is. If I have to pick a single thing. It is Katie Keene trying to solve every one of her friends' problems by making them an outfit. She makes an outfit for Josie to go and record her single, and she makes Jorge's audition outfit. Yeah, the thing about Katie Keene that the writers do is that they're like, she has one ability. That is the, she's like a superhero. She has one ability. That's the only ability she will ever use because the only way she knows how to approach problems is make, it feels very much like Veronica, who the only way she approaches any problem is make sexy people dance. Well, I mean, that is a good way to approach problems. I guess so. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. And it's one of her many voiceovers. (laughs) It's the fact that we come back from the main titles and Katie's like, me and K.O. always go to Coney Island on our anniversary, and K.O. wants, and he told me that he wants a box in Madison Square Gardens, and then cut hard to them all waking up the next morning. Like, we don't see, like, we see the date, but it's like a, but it's I a have, montage. I have <laughs> a question for you. Yeah? Did they actually go to Coney Island in real life, or was that a flashback to their first date? That's the thing I don't know, because I don't know what happened. She just says... Here's the thing me and KO do. This has nothing to do with what's happening right now, and no scene will occur now. It's literally just a scene of, I guess not drama, but exposition. But exposition, it's the purest encapsulation of how bad her voiceover is. Because her voiceover just says a thing that he will explain later, which is that I am a boxer. Mm-hmm. Also, like, she could have said he was a boxer when she introduced him to Josie at the bar. Like, that's... Uh... It's, it's weird. It, and he doesn't even bring up the. They, no one ever brings up his Mass and Square Gardens is his goal. We brought that up because we're thinking about him coming back. He says his goal is to train. Yeah. It's 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 a scene that doesn't that doesn't fit. It's a scene that could have been cut out and nothing would have changed about this show. And then maybe people could have talked a little bit slower in some of the other scenes, so we could prioritize what was important. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could have cut out all her voiceovers, and then we could have had more of things in the present and understand what's going on instead of her explaining something than have someone else explain it, but in a series of 14 other things. True. The show was going so fast, we didn't even have time to have a plot line for one of the four main characters. Well, we might next episode <laughs> oh, when not... she somehow finds funding for the Pepper Project, which is Mi- something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone could tell me what they think Pepper's specifically... And- God, the reason I say she's a side character is because you not understanding what she's doing makes her feel like Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Mm. But that is a joke, and I don't think hers is a joke. Also, what does anyone want? Yeah, like, like I, got, I get their dreams, but I don't get their ambition, if that makes any sense at all. 
Yeah. Like, I understand what they want, but I don't understand how any of them expect to do Get it. it. When they when they're like constantly by pitching fits and screaming at people until they get what they want, that's what all of them have done. It really it is. It is all all any of them have done is just get angry at someone and then for standing in their way. For standing in their way. Uh, now the only one who's reasonable about that was Katie to Gloria because Gloria is bad. And her Gloria ch- did essentially promise her a promotion and then also also Gloria is not standing in her way. Really, Gloria never wanted her to like. <laughs> Well, Katie forgot what her dream was, which was actually very well yeah, done. Yeah, and I like that. There are very few moments in here where I'm like, cool, 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 did good, but then it came into a mess in the end. So, I might watch this again. We are not going to watch this <sighs> yeah, just, on uh, the podcast again. No, um, just fill us in if anything else weird. If they see any crossovers, anything like that happens. Let us know. Telling, I was t- telling you, Aaron. Oh, if I hear any crossovers. Because I said you might you might watch more. <laughs> I was talking to the audience. I mean, you can also let us know, audience, if there's any. Yeah, there's, I don't know. I don't know, dudes. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. It's, yeah, uh, oh, man, we got to wrap this up. Well, uh, thank you for listening. If you like this, you should give us a rating, review, subscription, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to us. We're also on the social meets, Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email us at podcastmoa at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week where Riverdale's back. And Jughead's definitely not dead. Will Katie say yes to the proposal? Will Josie ever get a record deal? What the pepper do? For answers to all this and more, join us on Mystery Outsiders and Hubs. We'll be doing Riverdale next week. A teen drama fan cast. <laughs> <laughs>